scripture memory verse tonight, Proverbs 27, 12. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. Proverbs 27, 12. Anybody else? Proverbs 27, 12. The prudent man sees evil and hides himself, but the naive proceed to pay penalty. Where's it at? Proverbs 27, 12. And so is it, is, does yours say naive? Simple? I'm just checking. Because there, there's different versions that will say different things, and I like to keep track of them. Okay, so mine naive? Is, uh, Mine is the American or New American Standard. It could say naive. And, uh, Very well, good. Because it's simple. Man, the prudent man sees evil and hides himself. The naive proceed to pay the penalty. Yep. Here's what my Bible says about that. What version is it? E ESV, English, English Standard Version. Um, Proverbs 27 12. The prudent, the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer. And suffer for it. That's good. Suffer ESC. instead of punish. That's what the ESC says. Yeah. The, 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 the word punished in the Greek it means receive penalty, receive the penalty. So suffer would be good. But uh, anybody else? Proverbs 27 12, Mr. Finley? Twenty-seven, twelve. Good job. Okay, here also though, Proverbs twenty-two, three. Turn there. Proverbs twenty-two, three. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. See, there's there's several things that are repeated, and when you have something that's repeated, the Old Testament is by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let a matter be established. This is a repeated scripture that you have you have to pay attention to because of that. It's, it's very important to understand this. And it doesn't, I mean, I'm just telling you that it's twice. It's a, po a book of poetry, but this is the wisest man who ever lived that, that wrote down these sayings um, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he wants us to understand that somebody who is prudent. So what does prudent mean? Well, in the Hebrew... If it's used in a bad situation, it means cunning or crafty, right? Or subtle. It's from a word that means to beware. Uh, but but when you look it up, now I listen, I did this and I do this sometimes. I looked it up in an 1828 Noah Webster dictionary. Listen, I have to put my disclaimer on this. We're not studying the dictionary. So don't look it up in today's modern dictionary you're going to get something totally different but in 1828 when noah webster wrote the dictionary he actually used this verse to speak the word prudent he actually quoted this verse in the bible because all of our textbooks and school and everything used to have jesus in them and we live in a day and age where the culture has removed jesus from our law. The culture, culture has removed Jesus from our textbooks. The culture has removed the very thought of Jesus from our lives, and they want to make us what we call secular, that there is no God, or atheist, uh, or, or agnostic, 
They don't want us to believe in God and trust in God. So listen to me. Don't just jump into any dictionary and think you're going to learn something. Because the, the, the words change. They morph over time. I like to always use the word intercourse. Because today people will blush when you say intercourse. But it used to mean a conversation between two people. You would have social intercourse where you're sharing truth together. And that was really the standard meaning of it. And we've changed it so much over the years that we've made it to be something that's dirty, that's wrong, that blushes. See, we need, because God's a God of relationships. He wants us to have social intercourse. We are discussing the Bible now. We're learning what it means to be personal and to let our guard down and humble ourselves and to grow so we can go out and show other people that don't know Jesus how to live for Jesus. So listen to me. In Noah Webster's 1828, it means this. It means cautious. Prudent person is cautious, but he is also practically wise, right? And it means to be wise or intelligent, but it also means to be circumspect. See, another one of them big words that we look at, but see, that's the whole thing, is the devil takes words, he changes definitions, or he twists definitions, or if I say hot here in the middle of the room, all of us have a different temperature that's hot. It's not the same, but we understand the relativeness of hot. So it's important to define words, to understand words. And so circumspect. Turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. You'll see why when you get there. But circumspect means this. It means exactly. It means the most straightest. The mo it's Ephesians 5, 15. It's most straightest or the most exact or diligently is a good word for circumspect. As close as possible, you want to walk perfectly. And in Ephesians 5, 14, he says, arise or awake and Christ will give you light. Awake from your sleep and Christ will give you light. Are you asleep today in the church? Do you think that you know Jesus, but you're living a life that has nothing to do with God's word, where you haven't been studying and being equipped? You don't know how to live outside of a church environment, but we know Christianese, and we can come into a building and talk about Jesus, but then when we go out there, we know nothing. The whole purpose that Jesus left us behind was to go and make disciples. Now, if the college told us to go and be a doctor, we would study medical books. Mm -hmm. And we would be a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt. Yeah. And listen, God wants us to study his word, yeah. to, to, to love people, to build relationships. Listen to this. Awake, you who sleep. Listen, this is not a joke. This is Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. The church in Ephesus today is modern-day Turkey, where it is 99% Muslim, and you will go to jail if you're a Christian. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a minute. They didn't wake up, did they? They stayed asleep. Yeah. They stayed asleep. But you've got to wake up for Christ. You're supposed to arise from the dead. We're all born dead. We're born dead. Sinners who need a Savior. We're born in darkness, and we need light. Look, and Christ will give you light. It's a gift. 
He'll open your eyes. Right now, it is very dark in our world. It is the darkest that it's been since the dawn. And this is when the church should be stepping up and shining their light. It should be bright when we walk into a room. Cockroaches should be spreading out. Just like you turn on the light and they would run. Same thing. I, I know it might sound crazy, but I'm speaking to people that, that know my language. And if you don't get that, then look it up. Amen. But look what he says. See then. Once you get that light, it's there. The light switch is on, but you can extinguish it. You can hide your light. You can quench the spirit. You can grieve the spirit. You can insult the spirit. You can lie to the spirit who has given us this light. So then he warns us. See then that you walk. That's how you're living. Your walk is always how you're living. See then that you walk circumspectly. There's that word. Mm -hmm. It means diligently as exactly as you can. Do what you know to do. Have a heart to follow God. Part of a heart to follow God is confessing when you blow it. Yeah. It's confessing your sin. When somebody confronts you with the truth of God, or you open it up and you look into the perfect law of liberty, and you go, wow, the word says that? Then you go, okay, I'm changing my ideas then because I want to have light. I want to follow what Jesus is doing. So he says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, for the days are evil. It's a good scripture memory verse to yeah. remember. We've already memorized it. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. How does a fool walk? A fool says in his heart, no to God. Yeah. The Bible shares that twice. The fool has said, no God. Mm. In other words, God's the authority, God's the light, God's the one that says this is life, and the fool says, no, don't like that, God, I'm going to do what I want to do. The days are evil. Listen to me. We're supposed to be making the most of the time. Making the most of the time. And yet we get caught up in everything except for walking circumspectly. We, we, we don't understand that if we know Jesus Christ, it's very important that we're studying the Bible. Now, and, and I'm not talking about hiding in your closet, studying the Bible, never coming out, because we're equipped with the Word of God to go tell other people. And then he says, well, how does that happen? Look what he says there. It's in 17. Therefore, do not be unwise. That's the fool. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Do you know God wants us to know what his will is? Isn't that cool? Yeah. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, mm -hmm. but always be being filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, We've tried to endeavor to memorize these, to learn these. We're going to see in tonight's lesson that you can know the Word of God, you can share the Word of God, and not fully believe the Word of God, which is a danger. Which is a danger. To hear it, to share it, and then not to follow it, not to walk circumspectly in it, not to have a heart to follow it, Look here, this is, this is a very good scripture because there's no way to walk circumspectly. There's no way to be prudent. There's no way to have wisdom of God unless you have the Spirit of God. 
And that's what he says there. Now, he just says being filled with the Spirit. But in the Greek, it actually has the present tense, I think it's called. And it says to be, always be, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, that's not proper English to us. But you're always looking to the strength of the Spirit. Always looking for the Spirit to rule your life. Why? Romans 8, 14. Anybody got it memorized yet? That's a scripture you guys should hang on to and carry it around. You should put Romans 8, 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. See, everybody says they know Jesus, but they're not listening and being led by the Spirit of God. Everybody knows Jesus in America. We were born here. Everybody knows Jesus in Canada, too. Yeah, they were born there. Yeah. So, listen to me. Jesus said, he who does the will of my Father in heaven, that's the one who knows Jesus. He who is building a relationship with God. Now, it's not in works. Don't get me wrong. I don't want you to get sideways on this. I do not want you to get sideways. James says, faith without works is dead faith. Mm -hmm. See, God created us in Christ Jesus for good works. That's Ephesians 2.10. But there's something that he's called you to do in the will of God, and you have to search that out. As you're walking circumspectly, you ask the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, according to 1 Corinthians 12, is the one who gives gifts. The Holy Spirit's the one who gives you power and authority. The Holy Spirit's the one that is going to lead you if you're a child of God. So the prudent man, who is supposed to be foreseeing evil and hiding himself first must have the spirit of God and the wisdom of God and as he's building a daily walk and looking to work with a heart of circumspectly walking before God God is giving him discernment God is the one that's going to lead him and tell him when to hide himself listen foresees means to discern to see evil He's the one that gives you eyes to see. He's the one when you're going, well, I don't know. It looks like it's a good thing. Let's go to that church and hang out for a while. He's the one, as you're sitting and listening, that gives you eyes to see truth or error. Listen, if you're diligently seeking God, if you're looking to walk circumspectly, if you have the Spirit of God and you have a heart to live for God, you're not going to follow a lie for too long. You just won't. But God will allow you to follow it for a while just because you're flesh. And then he'll say, I, I love you. Don't follow this. I love you. This isn't true. And he'll always bring you truth. He'll always bring you a witness. But listen, you need to know the difference between condemnation, which there is none in Christ Jesus, and God's love. See, condemnation is always going to be telling you you're no good. And, and, and God doesn't love you. That's from the devil. And now you've messed up and he's going to kick you out of heaven. But his love is always wooing you back. It's like you pursuing uh, your, your mate. You're always trying to give them the best and bring them back to you. God is always going to be showing his love and his mercy. He's always going to be telling you, I love you. So he foresees evil. This is a very, very interesting word, evil. Uh, there's several words for evil in, in uh, uh, Hebrew. This one means bad or evil, but listen, this can encompass a lot of things. Listen to me. If you look it up in the, in the Strong's Dictionary, it can mean adversity, affliction, 
calamity, hurt, sorrow, trouble, wretchedness, wickedness. Listen, all of those things, when you're walking with God, he's going to protect you from them or lead you into them. So if it's an affliction that you're le you're reaping what you're sowing, you're leading yourself into it, God might give you wisdom in how not to suffer through that. But God allows affliction to come. He allows calamity to come. But he wants you to foresee it and know how to deal with it. See, listen, most people, listen, most people, have you guys ever read the book of Job? What did his miserable counselors tell him? Surely you sinned. They automatically were talking about how, because Job's life was falling apart, he had sinned. He's done something to God. God's punishing him. Listen, when affliction comes, when calamity comes, when suffering comes, when pain comes, when a bad thing happens, if you're walking with God, you're being led by God, you're looking to be circumspect and do what you're supposed to be doing, and you're prudent, you'll say, God, what am I supposed to learn out of this? Why would you ever think as a child of God, oh, God's mad at me. Oh, man, this must be because of sin. Listen to me. Christ already paid for all of your sin. That's something that the church don't understand. God's not going to punish you for sin because that would be what we call in a courtroom double jeopardy. He already punished his own son. He poured all of his wrath upon his son on the cross for the sins of the world. It's fully paid. Tetelestai. Paid in full is what they would stamp on a bill when it was paid in full. Now, am I telling you if you live in sin that you're not going to reap nothing? That's not what I'm telling you. If you have a heart to live in sin and practice sin and keep chasing sin, then there, there's the question as, am I really even saved? Because the Spirit of God is leading you to follow God. The Spirit of God is equipping you to be a child of God. The Spirit of God is giving you desire. It doesn't mean you won't stumble. It doesn't mean you won't fall short of the glory of God ever again. In fact, I can even be a fool. You know, when we just quoted that scripture, the fool has said no to God. God can be showing me something, and I can actually, in my flesh, say no to him, even as a child of God. But you know what? The Bible also says in Galatians that God is not mocked, and whatever a man sows, he will also reap. So if I say no to God, I'm going to reap something through that. And as a child of God, though, he's going to give me grace and mercy even as I reap it. But if you plant corn, guess what you get? Corn. 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 That's, I mean, that's just it. So if I sow no to God and I sow a foolish attitude and a stiff heart, guess what I'm going to get? A stiff heart? Yeah, yeah. Going to reap stiff heart, yeah. yeah it's going to make my heart harder against God. When the more you say no to God, when you hear His word, listen to me. This is why He spoke in parables. The love of God, He spoke in parables. A parable is something laid alongside of a spiritual truth. A lawyer is a paralegal, or a paralegal is comes alongside of a lawyer, but can't practice in the court, but he can do everything else. So a parable is this spiritual truth in a story laid alongside a true story. Why did he do that? So that the people listening who weren't ready to follow God, their hearts would not be hardened. And at the right time, they would come to Jesus. And then they would receive the truth and it would grow. Listen to me. God does not want you to harden your heart. Why? Because your heart is what he's after. The middle of you. It's your heart that's going to live with him forever. 
And so if you're hearing truth and hearing truth and hearing truth and you're say you're a Christian and you keep hearing truth and you keep saying no to God, guess what happens? The same fire that's supposed to be purifying you is making your heart as hard as clay, like pottery, like a like an earthen vessel that's going to have to be crushed and smashed. And it gets harder and harder and harder. And all he's saying is, I love you. Come to me for wisdom. I'll give you prudence. I'll teach you how to foresee evil and hide from it. Well, where do you hide? You hide beneath his wings. Where do you hide? Wherever he tells you to go. Because you're having a daily walk with him. You're being satisfied by him. You're asking him what next. You're building this love relationship. Much like a husband and a wife. And if trouble come and somebody was beating on the door, my wife said, where do I go? I would say, answer the door, I'm going out the back. She always tells that, like, she says that, that when she hears a sound, I roll back over and go to sleep. And she's like, no, honey, go check. I say, you go check. And then I hide underneath the covers, you know. <laughs> she thinks she's funny. Listen to me. I mean, God is going to protect us. He gives us wisdom not to believe the lie. He gives us wisdom not to go there. He gives us wisdom if we're seeking him. Does it mean we'll never stumble? No. Does it mean we'll never have affliction? No. These things are going to be there. It rains on the just and the unjust. It does. It's just life. And our witness is supposed to be that we know God, and I'm not going through the loss of a loved one. I'm not going through life. I'm not going through the loss of a job. I'm not going through affliction the way that other people that don't know God are going to go. Because I know the end of the story. I know that God loves me. I know he died for me. I know that he's not mad at me. I can't change God's love. Think about that. Yeah. Now, see, my kids can change my love for them. One minute. And those are your kids. Mm. Those are my wife's kids. They ain't mine. <laughs> but you can't change God's love. You can't, you can't perform and do everything perfect and change his love for you. You can't make him love you more, any more than he already did when he gave his most prized possession, his son, his only begotten son, poured out his blood for us. He's not going to love you any more than that because he's already given you every bit of him. And you can't make him not love you. Yeah. And he's not disappointed with you. Oh, boy, that's a good one. Don't you always feel like somebody's disappointed with you? God's never disappointed with you. Because disappointment takes expectation. When I tell my kids I'm taking them fishing, and then I don't take them fishing, they were expecting it. But when I tell God I'm never going to do that again, God, guess what? He already knows I'm going to do it again the next day. So there's no expectation because he already knows everything. So I can't disappoint God. Does he want me to do everything perfectly? Yes. That's why he died. That's why he walked the earth. That's why he gave us the example. That's why he poured out his blood. That's why he took the power of sin. That's why he took the power of the devil from us and crushed his head and his authority over us so that we would be set free to follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So, again, the prudent man foresees evil. I can't look at the word evil without reminding you. One of the first things God ever showed me that the word evil is live backwards. See, if you just live your life and it's not you're not living for God, it's evil. And if you just live your life in an evil way and die, 
You lived, and lived backward is devil. Mm -hmm. The devil got you. And you get to go to hell with him if you just lived your life. That's why it's so important for us to be led by the Spirit of God in the Word of God for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. So, if we are prudent, we'll trust God that He's given us discernment. And He's going to show us any calamity, any evil, any destruction that's coming that we're not supposed to be part of, and he'll help us hide ourselves. And listen, we are hidden in Christ. Everything's already done for us. That's pretty amazing, I think. The simple. It's really, the word simple means the foolish, the one who has said no to God. That's what a simple man is. That's what it means, seducible. So, so when you're not listening to God, guess what? You're ready to listen to somebody else. And everything looks good. If you haven't already rested yourself in the truth of God's word, and you're easy to seduce, everything looks good. Everything could be good. Well, that might make me happy. That might satisfy me. That might be what I'm missing. Well, maybe it's that relationship. Maybe it's that person. Maybe it's that job. Instead of being satisfied in Christ, you satisfy my soul. Content with what he's doing. But the simple is seducible. He's foolish. It comes from a word that means deluded. You can be deluded. Here's, a, here's something about foolish. You say, oh, it'll be okay. And you do it, right? And then you repent of it. And then the next time you go, oh, it'll be okay again. And you do it again. And, and, and you're, delude, you're becoming deluded. You're becoming seduced. You're becoming deceived because you keep doing it thinking that it's okay. The simple, the fool, the seducible, the silly person they pass on. They, they cross over. And they're punished. And it does mean to inflict a penalty. It does mean condemn. See, because the, the, the final place, you might reap in this life what you've sown. It might be a hard life. It might be a good life. You might even live a rich life. But you will not escape the judgment seat of Christ. You have to appear before the throne room of God. And, and many times, that you know, the psalmist will say, why does it look like the wicked get away with it? You know, but God doesn't let his children play in traffic too long. He'll spank your butt. Mm. Listen to me. There's going to be a day of punishment for those who say no to God. For those who live any way they want and they ignore the free gift of God. One day. It may be here that you're receiving some punishment and what you reap, but guess what? One day it's going to be eternal fire. That's what the punishment becomes. Condemnation, judgment, cast into hell, into outer darkness. So do you want to be a prudent man? You have to ask God for that wisdom. James says, James is camel knees. Jesus is half-brother. He says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, 
and he will give to him liberally and without reproach. So to be prudent, we have to have the Spirit of God who gives us the wisdom of God to foresee evil and hide ourselves so that we don't have to run on and be punished with the world. That's what God's doing. He doesn't want us to be punished with the synagogues of Satan. So I would encourage you, and it is in here twice. You can put that note. It might be in your Bible already. Proverbs 22, 3. Now you know two scriptures if you know this one. Or more, but at least two. Right. Yes, sir. Where does it talk about in Matthew um, where Lazarus sat at the rich man's gate and he was he begged for, or he was, he was desirous for food that would fall off the rich man's table. Um, he was poor and he had sores in his own in the midst And then when the rich man died, he um, he asked for he's seen Abraham and he says. Send Lazarus to bring me a cup of water. Uh, it's hot. It's hot down here, or whatever. And then um, torment. And one of them said, "The rich, or whoever, or who it was, it said, um, there's something. There's a gulf there. between you. Yeah, a chasm between you. Chasm. Do you, do you know where that's at? Uh, it's in a couple of them. It might even be the last chapter of Luke. But um, yeah. basically, he was like. Uh, that flashed across my radar when I spoke a while ago too. Yeah. It was kind of funny when he said, uh, yeah. "You've li you've lived your life. You had the things, you know, that you had in that life. Lazarus has suffered. Now he's comforted, and, and why you because of that?" But and when that, you when you were speaking, that that came to my mind. Yeah, and that and that is um, not a parable. It's not a testimony. It's a story that Jesus made up. So um, when you go and look at that. And he says, even if one returns from the dead, they will not believe him because he knows that he's getting ready to return from the dead. So now Abraham's bosom is no more. That was the holding place for Old Testament saints that looked forward to a Messiah. Now, when you are absent from the body, you go straight to the presence of the Lord. Your body goes in the ground, but you go straight to the presence of the Lord. But yeah, we want, we want to, I mean, a rich man can go to heaven, but it's hard. Because you still have, because you, you let your riches lead you. So next week's scripture. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. You may have heard this verse. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Did I say that right? Where am I at? 2 Corinthians 6.14 Do not be bound together with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness and lawlessness or what fellowship has light and darkness? Yes. Now listen, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness and lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? That's a huge verse. We're going to break it open next week, God willing. And so many times we look at this verse like it's only talking about marriage. This is the verse you'll always get with marriage. Do not be unequally yoked. If you're a Christian, you go out and marry an unbeliever, you're going to be in trouble. Well, that's true. But notice what it says. 
with unbelievers. It's not just marriage. It's not. It, it, it really is not even speaking of marriage in the context of it, although it's true in marriage. But it's good for everything. See, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. See, we go to work, but we don't go to work for the same reason other people go to work. See, they go to work because their hungry mouth drives them on. I go to work so I can share what I've been equipped with and witness to people the love of God. But when we begin to go to work just because our hungry mouth drives us on and we want to get more stuff, now we're being unequally yoked. We're carrying the same yoke the world carries. Listen, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're pilgrims here. We're just mere passerbyers. This is not my home. These pit dwellers down here need to get saved. I was once a pit dweller lost, and God pulled me out of darkness, and now our calling is to go back and tell them, but we're not going to be yoked with them. We don't have fellowship with them. I'm not at the place where they're at to get what they're getting. I'm there to give them what I've got from Jesus Christ. So write that down, memorize it, spend some time on it. We might even spend a couple weeks on it because the text is pretty huge. If you keep reading, when you're unequally yoked, you have fellowship with Belial or Belzebub, the Lord of the flies, the Lord of death. You got to be careful. Got to be careful. 2 Corinthians 6.14. Amen? 